Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Jessica Welton, Rob Devine, Andrew Mitchell, Robert B. Money Brooks, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course, you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Jeff, I did the math, and you have raced over 700 miles this summer and you've only done two races i, I know <laughs> pretty crazy and actually it pales in comparison to those that have done three journey races this summer well I, i'm not interested in their summer i'm interested in yours it, because they're not 67 years old and retired almost. almost they're they're young people in their prime they're highly tuned athletes you I mean, her old stupid. <laughs> well, well, amongst <laughs> other things. But no, I mean, Heart of the South, we talked about that. We had Bob Hearn on. Yep. And, and you guys talked a bit about your experience there. And, and for people don't know, because it's, it's kind of funny that people think only 200 mile races happen out west. No, there's a whole bunch of unsupported 300 mile plus races, races here. Yeah. Um, no doubt. In the South, uh, the one that everybody kind of knows about is last annual Vol State 500K. Which is pretty much, I mean, it's a run across the state of Tennessee. It starts in Missouri and ends in Georgia, but you're essentially just running across the state of Tennessee. Yeah, it's 314 miles and it's well supported and there's plenty of road angels and plenty of places to stop and sleep and eat and drink and whatever you want to do. It didn't, it didn't always, you know, was never always that way. No, it wasn't. No. Because it started out as just kind of what these other races have turned into because now that everybody knows about it and it's it's a Laz race and everybody yeah. wants to do Laz races that that the Vol State 500K, 314 miles, because it's become so popular, it's been happening so many years, people along the route want to participate and want to and, give people aid and why wouldn't they? And every year that number of road angels, as they're called, yeah. increases. To the point where I I think if I were to do it again, I'd probably carry a driver's license. Yeah. ATM and or credit card. Yeah. And a handheld. That's it? That's it. Really? Yeah. Because there's so many. There's just so much stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not 
it's not easy because if you've never done that type of run before, it's it's going to be an eye opener. Just even with all that support, right. but it, it's so well supported now. You can't you can't go wrong. You're going to finish it. And you completed that three years ago, 2019. Yeah. Okay. And I remember. <laughs> I remember, I remember you completing Vol State because three days after you finished Vol State, I asked you to help me lift couches up the stairs. That was bad. <laughs> and they were like cheap, no, flimsy couches. No. They're like leather with metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you sure you can do this? Like, oh, I'm dying. So 2019, you do that one. Yes. You tried again last year. Uh, yeah, 2022. Yeah. It, it, that that race, it, it wasn't just, your day. It just was not a good day at all. Yeah. It happens. Yep. You know, I think anytime you think that 314 miles is a sure thing, that's when you, that's when you get, that's your, when you get spanked. Your butt kicked. Right. So Laz wanting to make more challenging races for people came up with something a couple of years ago called the heart of the south and that's the one that you and bob were talking about right when you were last on and that is 347 miles and a big difference in in hots is the route changes every single year as does the distance as the distance and so there's no way for road angels to set up along the course because nobody knows what the course is they that well it's almost true you can get some road angels but it's typically later into the race uh, for example if if you know if i were like bob and i was beating bob you know remember that remember when i was beating bob <laughs> so we stopped for well, biscuits <laughs> yeah when, when i'm ahead of bob you know and we're up there in the top five you're not gonna see any road angels but curious people they're like they're watching these runners go by like there's another one three hours there's another one what the hell's going on here and then they go out and they ask somebody what are you doing right and they tell them they go oh well, I'm going to put some waters out for you guys. So the the, I would say the mid packers to the back of packers get to enjoy the road angels much more than those leading in the race because they they're just not no you, one's out there. You didn't get to experience many road angels at all when you did hots this year because you were constantly when I, you weren't trying to beat Bob Hearn, you right. were settling into that fifth, sixth, seventh, yeah, the top ten place right I there. I think word. I think I had, um, if I recall. There were two, and it was late in the race, but I think word kind of travels. Like someone maybe works in this town, and they go to this town yeah. to live, and they, they start like, oh, well, there's people up ahead. I'm going to... So I had a couple way late in the race, though. Way late. Okay. One just handed me a, a bottle of water on a stop car, and I forget what the other one was. But, you, but you know, you, you, you got to it's experience few and far between. Right. Yeah. Not as much as when you ran Vol no. State, and not as much as Vol State has now. So, well, okay, you could end your summer... With a top 10 finish at Heart of the South, 347 miles. Yeah. And and have a have a great summer. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought that's what you were going to do. No. But you had different plans. <laughs> and, and tell me, because I, I tried to look for registration and what have you for this other race that Laz has, the third circle of hell. Yes. How did you get... Mix up into this race, and how'd you get it on your radar? When there's, I mean, there's okay, really this, nothing about this race online. This race was actually, if I remember correctly, was talked about very late last year, like in December of '22 or January '23, maybe even a little earlier. But I think Laz had pitched out and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about a race. Blah 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 blah. It's uh, 
it'll be the mother of all races, so to speak. You yeah. know, it's it's harder, it's longer, it's less road angels. It's, yeah, is anyone interested? And several people piped up. Yeah, I'll run it. I'll run. And then he, then he made uh, prerequisites of the race. You have to have completed both Vol State and Hots in order to be eligible for this. Okay. So in January, I think I think it was January, February. It was up on Ultra Sign Up, and. I can't remember if he mentioned it in words or if I had emailed him or what, but um, as it turns out, you could register it for it if you hadn't completed, say for example, my case, I hadn't completed HOTS yet. Right. But you could register it for it contingent upon completing HOTS, then you became eligible. So Okay, so if you completed HOTS, then you would go into the hopper for correct. Third Circle of Hell. Yep. Okay. You finished HOTS. Yep. When you finished HOTS... Were you hoping that you wouldn't get picked for third circle of hell? Because HOTS was not easy for you. No, no. Uh, ended up with a sixth place finish in HOTS, I think it was. But it's... Um, you didn't beat Bob Hearn. No. Spoiler alert for anyone that has no. not listened to the Bob Hearn episode. I, I'm, I, I'm still saying I should have tripped him, but make him eat three biscuits before he came out of that restaurant. Um, no, it's... Uh, it's it was... Uh, Lass had said, you know, when you, if and when you finish HOTS, he says, you'll have a decision to make. Yeah. And it didn't really hit me until I got close to finishing HOTS. I'm like, God, I don't know. Do you want to do that again? Even, <laughs> even harder than this race. Right, longer, right. no road angels, and great distances between services. Right. Gas stations, restaurants, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And didn't take very long and that invite came i'm like oh shit (laughs) you know what to do what to do and i'm like okay i'm i'm doing it i'm just gonna bite the bullet and do it and see how it goes how much time was there between finishing hots let's see hots starting hots was a june race and this one was an august race so well i think as as the crow flies of you i think it was seven weeks total in between the two so when I finished HOTS, I think I took basically two weeks off recovering yeah. physically, mentally, and then basically just went back into kind of a, a maintenance mode of where I was pre-HOTS as far as running and heat acclimation. Because I knew with only, you give yourself a week to taper, you know, you only got like three or four weeks to do anything. Right. What did your coach, Becca Jones, say when you told her, like, you know, I know we trained for hots and that's great it got me through but now i'd love to do this third circle well, race fortunately i had given her a heads up in january when i signed up for it i said yeah. hey here's here's what potentially could lay out or happen this summer and it's it it happened <laughs> so she was pretty well prepared for it i on the other hand was like oh shit <laughs> what to do what to do <laughs> what details did laz give you about the race before race day okay so he released the map or the route for third circle if if you were already in in other words you had both completed both right he sent you the map so you had time to study the map look at the map look at where all the services were or lack thereof yeah plan everything out i mean i think they got that in january february when it was went up on ultra sign up. I, on the other hand, did not. I could not see that map because I wasn't eligible yet, quote, 
having not completed HOTS yet. Okay. Once I completed HOTS, then I got, I think I got the map like right towards the very end of June. So I had, I don't know, a month and a half to look at the map. What did the map, like when you take a look at this, you see this map that, I mean, I'm sure you were told don't share this with anybody. Exactly, yeah. Like this is top secret stuff. What stuck out to you about this race and the map and what laid in store for you on on this third circle well there were there were there were several things it's um the distance i mean that was known it was 371 miles i'm like okay it's a it's a hots plus kind of race a little bit longer yeah an extra day longer basically but then as i started looking at the road and i'm like okay here's the start Okay, in a half mile, there's a Hardee's when we're leaving town. If you want a biscuit, you know, I know I'm sure Bob would stop there. And then you leave town and it's like, you get five miles out, 10, 15, 18. There were no services, zero for the first 20 miles. Really? Nothing. So you had to carry everything that would get you and through that, with the heat. That was not the longest one. Really? So we started off right at 20 miles, a 20-mile oasis, we call it. There's there's nothing in between. Yeah. No food, no water, no nothing. So, and oh, by the way, it's pouring rain. Pouring rain. Really? Yeah. So we had some, but the differences were the the distance, obviously, uh, the lack of services. I'm studying the map. I'm like, there's lots of oasis out there. And the elevation gain. There were 23 climbs in that, some of them pretty major, well over a thousand foot. I think it came out to, I think it was like 33,000 feet of climb for this. Wow. Which in the grand scheme of things, we say, well, like hard rock, that's like 31, 33,000 and they do that and it's yeah, not that big of a deal. And it's, it's, it's just different doing it on the road. Yeah, It's hard as in a harder surface. Right. There's little to no shade on this route. Yeah. Because you're traveling pretty much west or southwest bound the entire route. So you get the sun in your face the whole time. Oh. So it got pretty brutal. Pretty brutal out there. I got heat exhaustion one time and laid down in a ditch. Because you got kind of lucky yeah. with HOTS this year because it was a cool start. Yes, it was. And you had some cool nights that got down into the 50s that and was cold. low 60s. And, and, and that that helps big time, right? Sure did. But when Third Circle of Hell was, it was hot. I, actually, we were a little fortunate in hot or, uh, Third Circle as well. Um, I anticipated it to be much like it's been this week. Oh, which for what, where, where Jeff and I are, it's heat it's, advisories all week long. It's 100 degrees, 95, yeah. 100 degrees, yeah. and dew points in the mid-70s or 80s. It's, right, It's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, the first day, it, it poured rain. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons with that. Right. You stay cooler. Right. There's no danger of overheating, but now you have severe feet problems. Right. And when you stop, you can get hypothermic real fast. Even... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 75 degree weather. 
wow so let's just go let's just go from the start first yeah. 20 miles you got nothing you got a hardy's yeah you weren't hungry for biscuits at that point no I already, you know? had my, I already had my stuff, so I was good. <laughs> so I was pressed on. You roll out of town for 20 miles with nothing in the pouring rain. Yeah. What 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 gear did you use for this? Uh, gear is in carrying gear or what? How else would I mean it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I was looking at the route while you asked me the question. Could, could you ask me that question again? Um, Jeffrey, no. what type of gear I did used, you use? I used everything that I would use in Vol State yeah. or HOTS, but I did go to a larger pack. And I went with a fast pack instead of a um, Ultra Vest. It was a fast pack, 20 liter fast pack. Okay. Made by Ult- Ultimate Direction. Okay. Worked very well. Um, but I carried more items than typical, and I'll kind of explain those. I carried a a backpacking ultralight mattress. So Interesting. You unroll it, it; it's air about an inch thick. So you were running with a with a mattress on your pack. Yeah, and I had a little um, those accordion fold, like waffle fold mattresses too. Yeah. So I had that. I had a blow-up pillow because <laughs> after hots, after using a water bottle, I said, I'm never freaking doing that again. I want my pillow, damn it. That was my creature comfort. Uh, I carried what they call a bivy sack. Yeah. Uh, there's several that are out there. Most of them are made of like a space blanket foil stuff. Those are terrible. I got one that's actually made out of a material and it's bright orange so people can see if you're yeah. like laying in a ditch. Yeah. But um, a huge blister kit, about three times larger mm-hmm. than I normally carry because yeah. I was bound to determine not to repeat the feet issues I had during HOTS. Oh, yeah. Which I partially- A lot of pincher of Tenzoint or tincture of Penzoint yeah, in there. A whole bottle. I went yeah. through a whole bottle of that yeah. stuff. Um, I did not bring any, I brought five pair of socks. Yeah. I did not bring any spare clothing, none. You were going to wear the exact same thing the and entire I did, time. The whole time. Really? I did. It was it was a little risk involved with that, but I'm like, and the only thing I had was a uh, Houdini rain jacket. You must have been just ripe as all get oh, out yeah. when you finished. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like stinking, no toothbrushing fool for like seven days. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're probably, I mean, people look at you like you're riffraff. <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> Jeff looked homeless. Just ask Grant Mon. He got, yeah. What happened to Grant? Well, Grant, um, he ran into some problems in the race. He he ended up DNFing, but um, he ran off course at least twice that I know of, and they were not half mile off courses. They were like nine miles off oh. course. Oh. And Naresh and I came across him, I forget which town it was, at about a mile, 100, 108, somewhere in there. In the middle of the night, he was sitting on the courthouse steps. He was just sitting in handcuffs. No, <laughs> but he's just sitting there with his hand or his head in his hands. And I'm like, Grant, what's going on? And you know, Grant, oh, mate, let me tell you, it's, you know. But he went on to uh, explain that he battery was dead in his phone. He'd been off. He was just he was just totally dejected. Yeah, and just didn't have it in him after going off course twice and. No food, no water, no phone, no nothing, you know, and he just pulled a plug. Wow. It was bad. Yeah. But, um, but you just kept going. 
Yeah. He was asking everybody later on how they were charging their phones. And most of us carried a little USB battery to charge your phone yeah. for emergency or any place we ever stopped at all. We plug up for five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, if you found a church with a plug on the outside, you rested there and plugged your phone in. You know, so, and, so you had that with you as well, USB battery yep. and the and your charger. Um, lube, did you bring salty bridges? Salty bridges, lube. Okay, yep. One used, tube of that. One complete tube of that. You used that for the entire seven days. I did, and desitin, both. Okay. I use salty bridges primarily for chafing related issues, mm-hmm. and I ended up having to go to the desitin because i would have ran out of salty britches at some point and the desitin was in my mind did in the pouring rain did a pretty good job with making your feet basically water repellent yeah okay so makes sense you've used you've been singing the praises of desitin for a very long time it does work it does work i mean it has its limitations like many other products but it, it it does work so yeah it was a a lot of oasis is out there and just a big hot mess yeah i think a hot mess is a perfect <laughs> way to describe it so the first 20 miles it goes pretty well you gotta be feeling pretty good early on and especially since you know you've you've conquered hot snow you've conquered vol state you know 20 miles in that's nothing you know but what what runs through your mind and you shouldn't let it but i know everyone does you enter a race let's just say third circle of hell it's yeah. 371 miles day one you're at mile 20 in the pouring rain <laughs> you're eating a packet of spam at a country store and a dr pepper you know and a couple crackers and you're like holy hell i have 351 <laughs> miles to go and you're like it just starts beating on you and it, like any other race you know you want to just like run age station to age station right age, right I had to really force myself to say, okay, you need to make it the next 20 miles to this store. Yeah. Then sit down, recollect your thoughts, fix your feet again. Uh, that, That first day, it rained, I think it was nine hours steady. Wow. Yeah. And then we had a couple hours of reprieve, and then it poured again later on. Wow. It was, it was a mess. We had a lot of rain, actually, this this race. Yeah. Particularly my first <clears throat> getting choked up. My first and last day were pretty rough. Yeah. With with the rain, but... Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so 23, 23 climbs, and some of them were pretty hairy. Uh, what we had to do in this particular race is set up a little differently because, you know, most of the journey races... Vol State, Hots, they finished at a place called The Rock. Right. In Castle Georgia. Yeah, yeah. This race did not. Okay. If you're familiar with a, um, oh gosh, what's in it? Kimball, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where everybody stays the night before Vol State, the night before Hots. Yeah. And they drive up to The Rock, you get on the bus, and you run the route backwards. Yeah. This one was a little different. We stayed at the same hotel we normally stay at in Kimball. But then we went to two miles down the road to a um, some little community college, I think it was. And that's where we parked our cars. And we got on two 14-passenger vans. Because there wasn't a whole lot of people no. in this race this first time. This was almost like an invite-only. As it turns out, as yeah. it, I forget how many. It was limited, I think, to 40 at the max. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, we had 35 start. Okay. So... 
we all fit in the vans and a couple people had cars so we all loaded up and away we go so that was uh that was different so but the finish that hotel kimball there's a place called uh top of the rock restaurant uh-huh. and it is a two mile extremely steep road up to a restaurant on a mountain directly over Kimball. Yeah. Beautiful view. And there's a big monument up there dedicated to Pat Head Summit. The legendary basketball yes. coach for yeah. the UT women's basketball team. One of the, I think she's the winningest coach I believe in right. NCAA basketball history. So that, that, that plaque at that overlook was the finish. But no one's there to see you finish because there's only Laz and Steve Durbin and that's it pretty much this is a more of a low-key um, logistical nightmare race because <laughs> they just didn't have the people like they do for these and it's kind of an experimental race whether it happens again or not don't know really and this it, is not this it, may not be a it, a, it could a be a, it could be a one and done I don't know that yet uh, Laz hasn't made any announcements on it yet so I don't know um, I hope it comes back so some other people can experience it. But yeah, that finish was, uh, so your last two miles, jogging into town, I went into the hotel, yeah, refilled my water bottle, walked over to Sandra, Sandra's Laz's wife, yeah. was sitting there at the little computer. Yeah, I said, hey, I'm, I'm checking in, I'm getting ready to make the final climb. And she goes, I got you. Yeah. Because normally you would call Laz, but she was right there, so she took care of it. Right. And away I go. Let me tell you, that final two miles, I thought I was going to die. It was, it was, because it's just straight up. There is no, surprisingly, I went up the whole thing, didn't run, but I power hiked the entire thing nonstop. Really? Nonstop. No breaks. No breaks at all. The slowest two miles of your life, I'm sure. And and when I started up that hill, I told myself, okay, you're going to have to stop like every eighth of a mile, every quarter mile, because you're your legs are just junk. Your feet are blistered. You're like in no mood. It's hot. Yeah. I went up there in the heat of the day and it was just brutal, but man, what a, what a race. Um, so it's the distance, the, the remoteness of the race was interesting because where did the race start? It started in a small town in North East Tennessee called Sneedville. Well, Sneedville, yep. which is the home of a uh, birthplace of Morgan Wallen, who is currently the the big talk of the town in country music, also the home oh. the home of Jimmy Martin, the self proclaimed king of bluegrass. Did you see? I any, saw that. I did, did you see, see this? I think I saw it. Saw um, it for that. Look up. Uh, look him. Look Jimmy Martin up. He is a guy that um, Jimmy Martin has never been asked to join the Grand Old Opry. Uh, he was very upset about that, and actually would start fights with Opry members because oh, wow. he wanted to be a part of it. Self-proclaimed King of Bluegrass. Um, there's a great <laughs> short book written about him called "My Adventures with the King of Bluegrass," which is worth checking out. He was oh, a character and a half. Um, but he always said that you know, he loved being from Sneedville, Sneedville, Tennessee. Sneedville. So you start in Sneedville, yeah. and you got to go all the way to Kimball. Yep. And that's 371 miles. Yep. And the route generally runs, if you draw a line from Sneedville to Kimball, you're, yeah. running, you're, running, you're running southwest, but you run southwest, then you go northwest. 
Then you go southwest, then you go southeast. It's zigzag. Oh, you zigzag. Okay. Back and forth across the mountains. Laz didn't want us to miss any of the mountains, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and you'd, you, these were some of the most remote. These are actually county roads. I mean, they have a numerical designator yeah, yeah, to them. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, well, how bad can it be? Let me tell you, it's this and this race had some of the worst dog encounters I've ever had in my life. But we'll get to that in a minute. But these roads, uh, for example, one road, I was going up. It was starting to get dark. I made the correct turn. Yeah. And I'm looking at this road. It's it's asphalt, but it's maybe a hair wider than single lane. And it's just like a patchwork of asphalt, and it's crumbling and deteriorating. It doesn't look like it's had a complete repave in probably, probably 20 years or more. It's just horrid, very steep, very windy. And it was just like, you think you're going up somebody's driveway. <laughs> right, I, I'm like, right. I'm, I'm, you're second guessing yourself. Are you on the, like, am I on the right road? And, and you keep constantly checking. You're like, yeah, I'm on county road, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, holy crap, this is horrible. Just deplorable road conditions. I'm yeah. Like, where are those tax dollars going? <laughs> Apparently not to those roads. <laughs> like, yeah, really bad. So I mean, think, Martin Monument costs a lot of money. I think that was uh, about mile 48 to 50 as we were going up. And that's where uh, Grant actually came up from behind me. Now, keep in mind, he'd already got lost eight miles prior to him catching me. He didn't stop for biscuits. No. no. <laughs> he got lost, though. <laughs> he made a wrong turn back at mile 18. And it, it took him that long to get caught up to me. But that yeah. just gives testimony to how how good of a runner he actually is. And we were talking and chatting, and uh, we go up this windy road, and it pops out on a four-lane major highway up there. Not an interstate, but a major yeah. highway. And he goes over on the right side of the road. I'm on the left side of the four-lane, so we're 100 yards apart, you know. Okay. Um, what and, was the point of that? Were you going against traffic and he was going with it? I was going against traffic. He was going with it. And uh, it, it dawned on me after we got, he got about a quarter mile ahead of me, a half mile ahead of me or so. Actually, he made the better choice because the turn was to the right on the road we were going to make. So gotcha. Like, okay. So I'm like, about halfway down, I found an opening and cut across and, yeah. and got over there. But um, yeah, that, that was interesting and got caught up with him. Uh, ran into a guy, Bill. Bill, I'm trying to remember his last name. I can't remember. It's okay. Bill. Let's call him Bill. And I'm walking with him for a while. I'm power hiking with him. And it's about one, one in the morning, I guess. And we're walking down the backside of this other hill on some little remote, windy-ass road. Yeah. And we see a truck with headlights up ahead. It stopped. And we're in the middle of nowhere in, in, I call it bad guy country. Right. I said, Bill, be prepared for anything here. We don't, yeah. we don't know what's going on. Yeah. So as we get closer, we see a guy with uh, big water jugs. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's like, he sees us coming. He goes, hey, how y'all doing? We're like, we're okay. 
okay, how are you? And <laughs> he, he, he's, I'm, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm filling up my water jugs, blah, 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 blah. There's a spring right here. And sure enough, there is a, like a black PVC pipe coming right out of the side of the mountain. And there's a stream of water coming right out of this thing. Wow. And, we, and I said, is that, is that water good to drink? He goes, oh, yeah, you can drink it right out of the thing there. So we, we yeah, filled up our bottle, yeah. like chugging water. And it was good oh, old it was, Tennessee spring water. Oh, it was excellent. It was most excellent. And we were, because we were both out of water almost at that point. Yeah. So that worked out good. Um, so what, did, these, what did this guy think? Did you tell him what you were doing? Well, yeah, we explained the race and this, that, and the other. Then we chatted after we left him. We're like, I think I know what he was doing. He's getting spring water for his still. Probably. Yeah. And I'm thinking that because they made a pull off there, I'm thinking they pull up with their 50 gallon barrels and just hook a hose. I bet and, you you're right. And fill them up. I bet you you're right. In the right. middle of the night. Because why else would you be filling water at one o'clock in the morning in a pickup truck? I, moonshine. He just wanted to make sure you weren't revenuers. Correct. <laughs> Walking down the road in the middle of the night. So, but that was that was kind of interesting. And the feds um, are getting handy. They're pretending there's some race going on. But what made this race really unique and different from Hots was you'd get on some little windy ass country road in the middle of the night, and you know, your dogs are coming out, and you're fighting dogs off all the time. But what made it unique was. You'd go through a town, yeah, but he wouldn't take the main road highway through town. As you entered town, he'd take off on some little even further side road that paralleled the highway. It was usually a quarter mile to half mile from it. Yeah. And guess where all the services were? On the there on the main, main highway. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say you can't use those services, but if you leave the route to use those services, you have to backtrack the exact same way you left to rejoin the route where you left it and then continue right, on. Right, right. So if it was more than 50 feet, you're like, no. no. Do you really want to go a half no, mile? No, right, exactly. No. So all the towns, for the most part, were that way. Almost all of them. Really? So it made it a real pain in the butt. And uh, one of the oases or distances between services was 40 miles. Oh, Wow. So that was uh, that was real ugly, real ugly. And you had to you had to sit down and think about it because you're like, okay, I'm here. Services are on forty miles. Yeah, but if you get there too early, the store's still closed. If you get there too late, mm-hmm. you, so you had yeah. to. In some cases, you had to think about, okay, I'm gonna lay down, and take a nap here for an hour and a half. So my timing works out when that store opens or before it closes, right. whatever the case. Yeah. So you actually had to think and problem solve as you're going through this where, you know, in, in Vol State, for example, if there were no services, it's no problem because there's almost always a road angel somewhere. Right. Yeah. So you had to contend with a lot of stuff, you know, no services. You had to plan your sleeping. You had to constantly keep up with your feet. It, it was just, it, it was a graduate course is what it was. What was the lowest point for you? Hmm. Well, probably <laughs> they happen daily. Yeah. And it, it all goes back to that, shit, I got 200 <laughs> miles left to go. <laughs> shit, I got 133 miles to go, you know? It's, yeah. And it just, it just wears on you so bad and the constant problem solving you had to do. 
it takes it takes a big mental toll. I don't. It doesn't make sense, but it, it takes a big mental toll on you because you're already physically beat up and depleted and not eating enough and not drinking enough, and now you're trying to think rationally through some things, and it it just became kind of a vicious cycle, and you had to constantly lay down, and sleep, and recover, eat some food, get some water, get up, go five miles, lay down. It was. It was pretty taxing. So every day you're constantly fighting the urge to quit during yeah. this race. Yeah, it was it was pretty tough. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Ask anyone that anyone that went through it. Um, there's several race reports already out on. It. I'd recommend uh, the person I ran the most with during the race was a girl by the name of Kimberly Durst mm-hmm. and her uh, significant other Henry Lupton. Henry actually twisted his ankle and ended up crewing the two of us. Yeah. Um, I think for me. He picked up crewing for me at about mile two, 200, somewhere yeah. thereabouts. I don't know. But uh, it was a godsend for sure because I didn't have to worry about um, water or food or because he would go five to 10 miles ahead, scout out what was there. He'd bring back food, bring back water. So I think there in the end, there was probably less than five people completed that race completely screwed if you will. right right but uh, it's important to note that this particular race last did not uh differentiate between screwed and crude if you know with ball state you can you can uh, sign up and do it either way yeah yeah this one it didn't matter he said I, he highly doubted anyone could complete this race screwed but in the end i think three or four might have wow particularly the first two had that gentleman not twisted his ankle and started crewing you, yep. would you have been able to finish, do you think? It would have been real dicey. Real yeah. dicey. Um, it was to, I think it was to everyone's benefit that they traveled with someone else because when it goes back to problem solving, sometimes two brains are better than one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, you're tired, cranky, bitchy, and you're not thinking real clear, and it might be the other person's like, Oh, well, that's easy. I can figure that out. But they're having a high point while you're yeah, having, having a low, low point, point, and vice versa. Yeah. So okay. it, it was to your benefit to have someone in a pack. You know, some people, some groups traveled in packs of three to five. Others were just onesies, twosies. You know. So, but if you go read uh, Kimberly Durst, D-U-R-S-T, her uh, race report, I believe, is on Facebook. It's it's quite lengthy, but it captures pretty much everything that I experienced because two-thirds of the race I was with her. Right. So this is good. Really good one. How did you pull yourself out of those? Like, what what was your routine to get yourself out of those moments of like, I got 200 miles to go? For me, it's always been a um, a competitive thing, a competition thing. You know, don't, don't, be, don't be a weenie. You know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, the words yeah, you, yeah. you say to yourself and tell yourself and do and... Um, those things help me push through in a lot of cases. I don't know. Huh. Other people really, really struggle. They boo-hoo, they cry, they, they want to quit every two miles, and, but some of those folks finish too, so. It's so interesting. Everybody's that, different. Yeah, that you're just able to kind of, so you, you quietly are thinking all these things yeah. about how much this sucks. Yeah. But if someone was right beside you, they'd have no idea. No. No. So you just you just power through and one of the one of the low points was really 
really bad. First of all, let me explain. You had to take, <clears throat> this goes back to there's no one at the finish line. You had to take, there were one, two, three, four, a total of four selfies, if you will. Uh, the first one was a group picture at the yeah. Sneedville Courthouse. Yeah. They took it. If you weren't in the picture, supposedly you, you didn't finish. But right. I think everyone made that. Um, but then you had three other mandatory places you had to take a selfie as uh, proof of existence, proof of life, whatever you want to call it. And you had to take that selfie and you had to email it in with your, your name, the date, and the time that you took that selfie. That proved yeah. that, that you were at that right. that spot. Yeah. And uh, one of the spots was the head, or correction, let me back up. The first one was um, at Frozen Head State Park. No, actually, I went on the tower. You had to go. Yeah. So, so there's an off-road section of this race where you had well, to go. Well, if, if, if you've, you've been out there before, you can actually run from the tower down a gravel road yeah. all the way to Arms Gap, it's called. Right. We hit Highway 116. Right. So we came up Highway 116, then you had to go up the gravel road another 1,200 feet up to the top of the tower. Yeah. You had to take a selfie, name, date, time, yeah. send it in. Yeah. So that was the first one. <clears throat> Um, when I got to Arms Gap, before I made the climb, I made the decision, I'm taking this pack off and only going with a water bottle. Actually, I went with two water bottles. Yeah. So I took the pack off, hid it behind a tree, and away I go. As I'm going up the gravel road, yeah. I see um, Steve Durbin and the Resh coming down. Yeah. And we chatted for a while, blah, 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 blah. And I brought the two bottles because I was going to drink one. And then when I got to Tub Springs, I was going to fill yeah. it up with spring water yeah. again. So I filled the bottles up. And before I made that final climb up that steep gravel road to the fire tower, yeah. I said, well, I'm only going to carry one bottle. I'll put the other bottle right behind the little wall where Tub Springs is there, that little brick wall yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I got one bottle now, a full one behind the brick wall. I'll pick up on the way back. I get up, climb up the fire tower, and there's a whole bunch of, I, I don't know, there's like 20 tourists up there. <laughs> Which is crazy because and 10 I, years ago, there would have been no tourists at Frozen. And I look like absolute <laughs> shit and smell like ass, and I get up there, and I just laid down on the grate, and all these people are like, oh my God, are, are, you, are you okay? Are you okay, sir? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And they, of course, what are you doing? And I explained, blah, blah. Right, like, right. oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And they want to talk and talk and talk. Yeah. I'm like, I got no time for this. Like, I got things to do, people. <laughs> so I had drank all that water just on that short hike up there, and that was 24 ounces. That's how dehydrated I was. Like, yeah, yeah. So I get the selfie, send it off, head back down the tower, pat a dog on the head, and then start to jog down back to Tub Springs. Well, I went right on by Tub Springs. I don't know why. You forgot your water bottle. I forgot my water bottle. <laughs> it was just a plastic, you know, a cheap yeah. store bottle. I'm like, damn it. So I wasn't, wasn't littering. I just forgot to get the damn bottle. So I get down to the bottom, and fortunately, Steve had left some bottles of water down at the bottom at Arms Gap. Yeah. Got my pack, chugged some water, headed out. Ooh, that was rough. So some people had to do that having never been to the park before. Oh, so they would know. They had no clue. Springs, yeah. They had no clue about any of that stuff. 
uh, how how steep it was and you know all all the all the stuff that goes along with it out there um some people probably didn't take their pack off they just carried all the weight and i'm right like, i'm not doing that no well yeah because you knew what was what was in store yeah yeah my, my pack um i think in the end weighed 10 11 pounds thereabouts okay. not too bad but not like there were people that were 20 pounds plus really yeah um so i finished that head down highway 116 into uh oh what's the town i'm thinking war trace no not war trace no, uh, wartburg petros okay petros and at the petros volunteer fire station there a, a road angel had put out a cooler with some gatorade and stuff and i'm like oh wow so i i sucked down some yeah. of those and headed out from there and i think it was uh from petros down to coalfield I think it's Highway 62, if I remember right. That was one of the worst highways ever to be on. Really? There's no shoulder. Yeah. And you got cars just flying up and down that road. It was dark. And we knew there was a, in Coalfield, there was a designated road angel station there. Someone had told us there's going to be one. I think that was announced before the race. Yeah. It was at the high school, just an awning with chairs and stuff. and. But man, almost got hit like three times on that road. That was pretty bad. Um, there was no no shoulder. And if you stepped off the road, many times it was a four to five foot drop. Because it's one of those, you know, you got uh, stone walls. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where they blasted through. Right. And then the erosion just wears down between the road and the wall. And you got like this four foot pit just to your immediate left in this case, since we're facing traffic. So you just have to like stop and tiptoe and hope nobody hits you. I don't want to bring this down and people are going to get mad if I ask this, but I feel like I kind of have to ask this. Is that responsible of a race director to put people who have been running for now three days with no sleep on a road that has no shoulder and the shoulders a four foot drop? I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's, um, I mean, you, you're given, uh, First of all, these everyone that was doing this race was an experienced journey runner. Right. So they know full well what the dangers are associated with it. And it's briefed ahead of time. At the right before the race, they tell us, you know, always always stay in the left unless it's like a hairpin turn, you know, go to the right side where you can see the oncoming traffic come at you. But always face traffic. Um, don't take any chances. If just step off the road if you have to. If you're not thinking clearly, get off. I mean, they repeatedly said, get off the road. If, you, if you're if you not or your partner's not thinking correctly, get them off the road. So it's... But when you're on a road that has no shoulder, that's easier said it, than it done. It is. It's, it's, and that's part of the challenge of, of this race. It's like on a trail race, you know, you can just like go around someone off trail. Right. Well, you can't always do that on the road because they're... There is no shoulder. Right. And you think, well, just jump in the grass. Well, sometimes there's no grass to jump in. There's no, it's just a drop off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I know that a couple of years ago on Hots, a woman was hit by you see a the car. Hots of Allstate? I can't yeah, which was, one. Kim McCoy was her name. She lost her yeah. leg yeah. when she got hit by a car. Yeah. I do. You, you have to wonder. It's like are, are, I, I will. I will say, and I, I don't know the details behind Kim or what happened there, but um, it's in, you know it's it's kind of incumbent upon you as the runner mm-hmm. that you need to accept the responsibility because you're putting yourself out there. No one's forcing you to do this. Yeah. Um, there's no waiver or anything you sign like that, but it's it's always uh, it's always interesting because. Yeah. It's a it's a fine line, but they yeah. they brief it up real well, and everyone's a veteran in this race. They knew what they're what they were facing up against. So, so you didn't feel unsafe at any moment because no. you you'd done that before. No, you, I yeah. I knew it was going to happen. And, yeah, and I'll get to it in a little bit. But I I I almost did get hit one night, probably literally within an inch of getting hit. Really? Yeah. Well, just get into it. Um. Let me see. Let me refer to my map here real quick. Jeff's got to look at his map. But listen, anytime well, you got a race that's 371 miles, there's, it's probably hard to keep all the sections straight. Oh, gosh. It was um, it was going into Pikeville. We were on top of a mountain, and you mm-hmm. go down this steep, steep, steep switchback. I think, I can't remember if it was four lane or two lane. It was a yeah. pretty wide yeah. road. But it was dark, pitch black little foggy and you know cars are coming so you i i was always of the type uh, ever since vol state um i didn't keep my headlamp all the time when i saw a car approaching in the distance i immediately click it on and move it much like a freight train runs in a figure eight f- figure eight so so they gets their attention it gets yeah. their attention okay and I, in this case uh there was a vehicle coming so i did it clicked it on i'm moving it around basically not shining it directly in their eyes, but right. they couldn't help but notice it if if they were watching the road. Right. Um, and at some point, for, I was on one of those shoulders where I couldn't step off. It was like a three to four foot drop off. Yeah. I was right on the white line. Yeah. No shoulder drop off. Vehicle's coming. I get the light out. I'm moving it, moving it, moving it. And then I start moving it even more and frantically. Yeah, and yeah. actually did shine it pretty close right to the driver to make sure he saw me. This person, as it turns out, it was like a um, Amazon type truck. Okay. I, I'm not saying it was Amazon. A delivery truck. It was a delivery truck. Jeff does not want his prime privileges right. revoked. <laughs> do, do not. <laughs> so I'm on this white line. This vehicle, it's becoming apparent to me, has either not seen me or he is intentionally, and there are people that intentionally point their vehicles towards you just, just to intimidate and scare you. Yeah. Or they're doing that. And it became apparent to me this guy is not, not going to move, not even one inch over. Yeah. When he had another lane, he could have jumped in. So all I could do at that point was stop on the white line, turn my body... You know, like if you're the van, yeah. I turned myself 90 degrees to the right, yeah, and just held my hands up like this beside my head, and the the van goes right, right, like right in front of your nose, right in front of my nose. It scared the bejesus out of me. It was like, wow. Whoa. It was it was pretty dicey. I'm sure it woke you up too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, but I, you know, it was a decision I had to make, literally a last second decision. Do you jump in the ditch, 
which is all rock, by the way. Right. And probably break a leg or twist an ankle or it, it'd take you out of the race, yeah. no doubt. Or do I just do what I did? Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Interesting. Holy um, cow. So it was those experiences. Uh, there was another time I was with Bill at night. Yeah. And he was crewed the entire race. So his wife had a, I think it was a van or a SUV. And we found this church. We're like, oh, let's go sleep behind the church. Yeah. So we roll out our air mattresses and our little blankies and get in and we're conked out. And I wake up and there's a bright light in my face. Yeah. What's the county sheriff? (laughs) And I look to the right because that's where Bill was. Right. He's gone. I'm like, what happened? Right. Bill is gone. You got a light flash in your eyes. I I saw him. He was actually a hundred yards over in the parking lot. He was with his wife talking at the van. So he he had just packed up his stuff literally before the county sheriff arrived. So this county sheriff, he's got his light in my eyes and he's like, First thing he asked me was, are you okay, sir? I said, yes. And then very All next, things considered, and then yes. The very next question was, what are you doing? <laughs> I go through the explanation, blah, 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 blah. I get about two-thirds of the way through, and the door right behind me is a glass door on the church. Yeah. Opens up and out steps somebody. It wasn't Jesus, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> no, no, it was not. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. As it turns out, it was... Um, I don't, I don't think it was the uh, the minister, but it was someone, they were actually working in the church at like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, who who does that? But Well, you know, saving souls is I, not it's, a nine It's a 24-hour job, yeah. <laughs> right. So he steps out. Uh, I start explaining to him and the cop both, and the cop basically turns to him and says, well, how do you want to proceed with this, sir? Talking to the, like, do you want to press charges type thing? Um, he goes, no, 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 everything's cool. It's good. He goes, I had no idea what these guys were doing. It's just I was in here working. I've been in here for a couple hours. I happened to look at the security camera. I'm like, oh, we got two crackheads sleeping on the porch. <laughs> out here, you know? Well, apparently that area, you know, they're so remote out there. People steal air conditioning units to get the copper out of them uh, and, and stuff okay. like that. And, gotcha. and so there's a lot of vandalism on these little county churches. So a lot of them have gone to security systems. I'm like, well, that's good to know now. Yeah. And I told the cop, I said, hey, there's a total of 35 of us. I think I was in fourth or fifth at yeah. the time. I said, you got about 30 more coming over the course of the next 24 to 36 hours. So don't be surprised if you see someone walking down the side of the road at 2 a.m. in the morning or sleeping in front of a Dollar General, you know, just gave him the general gist, and he goes, "Okay, I got it." So, but <laughs> that was that was an experience. <laughs> he went home and told his wife, "Like you'll never believe what oh, I had yeah. to deal with." Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it happened to others that were out on the race course as well. But uh, so close calls with cars. Oh, dogs, dogs. Oh my gosh, there was one stretch. I think it was like from mile. 218 to 230 somewhere yeah. in there i came across i think it was four packs of dogs wild dogs wild dogs mm-hmm. well then maybe they're maybe they weren't but um i come across two and they're aggressive they're charging right at me mm-hmm. now i had carried one trekking pole i didn't carry both i just carried one 
because sometimes two gets, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I just use it like a hiking stick, just yeah. switch back and forth. And it was a great dog defender. Yeah. So I'm smacking at these dogs and they're snapping and snarling and biting and uh, managed to get beyond them. And I come across a pack of five dogs. Oh, wow. Five. The big alpha, he's charging me. He's not barking. Yeah. He's coming direct for me. Yeah. So I took that stick and I'm smacking at him and I knew I had to get aggressive back with the alpha and if I could get him to back off, the rest would follow. Right. And sure enough, they did. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you, you scare the alpha, intimidate the alpha a little bit, they back off and they move on. This works with all sorts, uh, sorts of animals. I mean, I'm, people especially. I'm, I'm running after the alpha and yelling at the top of my lungs at this dog and smacking with the, the, the hiking pole. <laughs> like what a great way to get bit, you know. <laughs> Some people carry pepper spray. Uh, yeah. Um, different techniques. Uh, another dog incident was, I think it was just before mile two thirty. There was a country store that we were trying to get to, and we did. But I was about, I think it was about a mile or half mile ahead of Kimberly at that point. Yeah. And these two pit bulls came running out. Of the most trailer trashed redneck cars in the yard place you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And these, um, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but these two crackheads came running out of this house. They look like human skeletons. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to. I think they're meth heads. Or that. Yeah. Did you ask them what, what their drug of choice was? No, I did not. <laughs> so you're just, you're just Next time, assumptions. you know what? Next time I will. But, <laughs> Excuse me. But meth or crack? It was clear they were let's just say unhealthy yeah um they they couldn't they couldn't control these animals at all and i'm yelling at the dogs getting aggressive back in their face with them and these two are like bound and determined to get a chunk out of me yeah and i i ended up having to crack one of them over the head with a stick which in the end it kind of rendered my pole useless but you broke your pole didn't on break a pit it, bull. didn't break didn't break his carbon fiber but the, there's a little pin that pops out that locks it in place right it kept popping back in um so you'd have a a steady stick swing and the next thing you, know, you got three segments flying around like nunchucks you got nunchucks right, you know, like, right. <laughs> you're bruce lee all of a sudden <laughs> but, but uh i get beyond their house and these dogs are still following me Although now they're about 15, 20 feet behind me. And I look forward. Here's the neighbor in the house next door. Decent yard. Yeah, yeah. He's standing there with a rifle in his hand. What? And I looked at him. And again, sorry if I offend anybody. I said, I said, I was about ready to fucking kill that dog. And the guy goes, I was about ready to shoot it because I've had enough of their shit. You're trying to beat off. These two pit bulls <laughs> with a carbon fiber trekking yeah. pole. And this guy's and about ready. The neighbor's got a rifle. He's about ready to shoot one of these dogs. Oh, Because he's, he's had run-ins with them, too. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So that, that, there's one day it was just, just dog trouble all day long, basically. It was just horrible. And some people are petrified of dogs, you know, and they're oh, yeah. scared to death of them. Yeah. But, and every one of them that went by, I said, you need to control your animal because there are other people coming. And some people would take their dogs in immediately and others would just laugh at you and yeah. do nothing yeah I'm like I'm glad you were trying to give them so. some lessons in life like you're, you're just like listen oh. listen you, you control your animals and let me tell you the opioid the opioid crisis is real I have never 
seen so many needles on the side of the road really? in my life. Really? Oh my God. It was just, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, at least a hundred needles I've seen out there. Wow. Just hiking along the country roads and stuff. I'm like, what are people doing? Is stopping and shooting up and then just chucking them needles out the window? What are they doing? I have no idea. But it's it's real. It's a real crisis. I'm like, oh my God, it's just horrible. Wow. You weren't seeing, I mean, this this was not, I mean, I'm sure there's some beautiful spots. You don't see that course. on a trail race. Right, usually. you really don't. No, no, you, you really don't. Um, the sense of when you finish this thing and you talked earlier in the race about how you, you roll into Kimball. Yeah. You know, and you, you and then you got a two mile straight up climb to Pat Head Summits. Yeah. Um, her summit, Pat Head Summit Summit um, for that restaurant. What is the feeling like finishing a race like this? Was it different than finishing Hots in Vol State? What was it like? It, it, it was different. Um, it was, I knew it would be a longer race just because of the distance alone. Right. Let alone the climbing you had to do. But it was very, uh, it was very satisfying when you basically knew, okay, I'm, I'm going to finish this race yeah. now. And it was like, unlike any other race I've been in. I mean, you go run a 50K, you can fake a 50K. I mean, like you, you say, can, you can, yeah. if you can run a 5K, you can, run, you can, you can finish a 50K, literally. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, it takes some of us longer than others, no doubt, right. but you can finish it. This race, all bets were off. Nobody knew if they could finish. I, I called it from the get-go. I said, this is, this is kind of like the Barkley of road races right here. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, you're going to have to do a ton of problem solving. All those things are what happened at, at the big Barkley race. Yeah. You're just doing it on the road now as opposed to on a trail. You do know the route. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got that, but you've got to constantly, because Laz, you look at the route in in big view, like a 20-mile yeah. stretch, yeah. and you'll see a straight line on the highway. Like, okay, we stay on this highway for 20 miles. Not so fast. If you zoom in to mile segments, you'll see he like takes a little left turn and parallels on this road right beside it and goes back. And crosses over and winds up. And it looks, you have to really pay attention. I can't tell you how many people went off course so many times. I think I went off course twice. Yeah. One of them was a uh, a total mile out, mile back off course. Yeah. And a couple little 200-yard ones that I yeah. caught early on. But he had to really pay attention with that. So it was really satisfying just being able to keep track of that and do all that stuff. I didn't finish my... Mm -hmm selfie story oh okay the selfies yeah, yeah you had to get the one at frozen yeah, okay head. frozen is Laz gonna be mad at you for for bringing this up no he gets mad at people no and then we had to get one at the i forget the park name but it's where the it's the headwaters of the sequatchie river it's where the sequatchie river literally starts and comes up out of the ground gotcha it comes out of a cave okay that good old sequatchie so that that and the final one was obviously at Pat Head Summit, but let me back up to the Sequatchie. I hit that at night, and that was during, I think that was during that 40-mile oasis stretch. Uh -huh. I'm down this backwood country road, single lane, trees growing all the way around it. There's no moon. It is pitch black yeah. and foggy. Yeah. And everything just kind of closes in on you. Yeah. And you hear sounds, but you can't you can't see what it is. You you don't see any eyes. There's, it was just really spooky. Yeah. 
and then you had to go down in the park and you had to find the head of the sequatchie and you had to use your headlamp to illuminate it and backlight it and <laughs> right, get the selfie right, and because right, right. <laughs> so a, night, a nighttime I, selfie you could have taken that anywhere and but you had, to, right. you had to get you and the head of the sequatchie behind you so like so again problem solving like how do i skin this freaking cat you know right, right. so i think i got it but i had like a shadow right across my face but i'm like good enough right and as i left there and coming out you had to go under this uh it's like a gate thing so I'm down on all fours crawling under this gate. Yeah. And I look up and there's a copperhead right in front of me. I'm like, oh! <laughs> fortunately, fortunately it was dead, but it, again, scared the bejesus out of me. So it was like, oh my gosh. And we left, that was downhill all the way to that park. Get in, get out. I got to go uphill all the way. That climb. Okay. You remember in, uh, what is it? Cruel Jewel. Mm-hmm where they don't do switchbacks up those trails. Right, right. It's just yeah. straight up, straight yeah. down. This this was a climb up a road, but no switchbacks. It'd go up and then stair-step for about 100 meters, then go up, stair-step for 100 meters, up, up. Wow. This whole thing is just like never-ending. <laughs> like, And then at the very top, I think there was one final switchback you had to go, but that was just hellacious, just hellacious, just you felt like you're in no man's land out there. Yeah. And some people actually got, I mean, they literally got scared to death going through there because there's nothing yeah. there. Pitch black. All you hear is cicadas and crickets and weird noises. <laughs> and <laughs> you're not on a road you've ever been on in your life. You're, right. There's no houses out there. Nothing. Wow. Just nothing. So those were the, anyway, those were, those were the uh, selfies you had to get in. So you do the one at the start, frozen head, the Sakachi, head of and, then, and then Pat Head Summit thing yeah. up at the uh, up at the summit. Yep. So that was interesting. So you finish. Yeah, you're at the restaurant. I know with with Hots and Vol State, Laz will sit down with you and have a little conversation when it's all said and done. Did you get the same thing this time around? Um, not really, because Laz and or Steve. We're almost always out on the course, you know, backtracking, checking on runners and yeah. or shuttling runners that that decide to drop or right, whatever the case right. may be. Um, so they were they were pretty busy just doing that constantly and, and keeping up with the other logistics. That's why there was he couldn't have anybody to finish. So you finish, there's nothing. N- nobody there. And then you have to go back down two miles to get to your car. Yep. <laughs> now now fortunately, because Henry was crewing me. Uh, when, as we were heading to the Clarion Hotel in Kimball, yeah. Kimberly was ahead of me at that point. And she ran into the hotel. I'm like, well, I'm going to run and get water too. Yeah. So I ran and got water. And I just did a quick turnaround and went right back and started up the climb. I didn't know if she had left before me yeah. or not. I, didn't, I yeah. didn't, just didn't know at that point. So I'm going up that hill. And as I said, I went nonstop without a stop in. As I'm getting near the top, there's like this footbridge that goes across, and I see Henry standing on the footbridge. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she must be behind me. So I get go through the parking lot, cross over, go across the footbridge, ask him, hey, where's the where's the monument? He goes, I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> so, so I asked this girl who's over there taking photos and stuff, hey, where's the Padhead monument? And she goes, it's right there. So I'm like, oh. So I go yeah. right over there to it, and... Um, get my selfie and then exactly 
Two minutes later, Kimberly came in right behind me. So we were literally racing right up to the end. It was, it was kind of, it was fun. But um, as it turns out, don't, again, this is another one, don't know the details behind. I think it was only the first seven of us did that climb. As it turns out, that road from Kimball up to the top of the Rock Restaurant yeah. is... They say it's a private road, although it had a green street sign, which means it's a city street. Right. Um, and there's a restaurant at the top, which is open to the public. So I'm like, well, it has to be a city street. Right. Well, as it turns out, the developer of the clo- uh, gated community up there on the top, the you had to take a route. There are several ways to get to this monument. But yeah. The, the easiest was go through the gated the gate of the gated community, take a left and take the little road that goes right up to it. Yeah. I didn't know that road was there, so I went and got to the top and I turned right to the parking lot of the restaurant, crossed over the footbridge that went across the Mm -hmm. little highway I just climbed and went out to it. Yeah. But since we all look, smell like riffraff and bums (laughs) and stuff, apparently someone complained (laughs) to the developer and or designated rep of that I have gated paid community, good money to live in this gated community and they said you are not allowed to do this <laughs> what don't know names don't know the details but in the end only I think it was only seven of us made that final two mile climb the rest of them didn't have to do it um, so I'm sure the eighth place person when they were told like hey everyone else oh bummer go climb, right? <laughs> oh oh darn it oh. oh and so that was I got the full 371 mile experience <laughs> plus my probably three miles total of off course yeah, stuff yeah. plus I forget what mile it was Walk, with, I'm with Kimberly and we come across we see a bunch of generators and the lights you know at night they run yeah. with generators and they're over the road we're like what's going on up there and a guy walks out and he stops us and he says well, where are you going we said well we need to go right down this road here yeah. he says you, you can't do it he said you're going to have to back he's in He's either a plain clothes cop yeah. or undercover because he's just right. wearing civil, civil city yeah. clothes. And apparently the road, I, I think what happens, don't know for sure, but there's one of those huge like eight foot diameter culverts yeah. that are made out of, uh, you know, that thick, thick plastic. Yeah. And I think somehow a fire had got in there and it caught fire and the road collapsed. Oh, creating a huge crater the entire width of the road in yeah. people's yards they had a backhoe down this thing it was huge like an atomic bomb had yeah. gone off there or something so we know the first two guys ahead of us had gone through it but then they stopped us we had to backtrack a two mile detour so it added to our race we were pissed <laughs> well yeah <laughs> so, i can so, imagine yeah yeah so everyone I think in the end, everyone ended up doing 371 plus. Yeah. Because I'm sure everyone got turned around, lost, misoriented at some point during that race. Did they make the people that couldn't go to the to the summit monument run an extra two miles or no, something? Or? No. No. <laughs> some people were okay with that. I was, a, I was a little bent and I'm like, well, why didn't they make them run a mile down the road and a mile back? Then? It's only you fair. Know? Yeah. It's only fair. But uh, so they, the remainder of the folks actually finished at Laz's hotel room. Oh, you just, just went, ran through the clarion and just knocked yeah, on the door, door and there, and, you, and you're done. You got your <laughs> selfie. You got your selfie with Laz, and you were done. I'm like, 
That's Bummer. a lot of work for a selfie with Larry. I, I, I say they missed out on the experience of the final climb. Well, I was, I yeah, for sure. But if it comes around next year, if you want a anyone that's listening, if you want a huge challenge, if you're one of those people that want to do something that maybe you think you're not capable of completing, go do that. If you're qualified, because you're, you're going to have to do Vol State yeah. and HOTS before you'll be qualified there's, there's, to do it. There's quite a few folks out there that have both. So, but it's much like some of these trail races, you know, and I kind of get it. Why, why do a race you know you can complete? What, what's the point? You're going to yeah. complete it. Yeah. Put yourself out there. Do something you're, you're not quite sure. Can I complete this or not? I don't know. That's, that really challenges you. So how did it feel finishing? Oh, it's a huge relief. Oh, my gosh. And did you get a car ride down the road? Did you get? Did they give you a ride down? Uh, Henry, Henry, Henry was up there at the top. Down? So yeah. we, he drove me back to that college where we parked the yeah. car. I got my car. And long story short, I didn't have any. I forgot to bring my race clothes at the end. I have a little bag that has like a shirt yeah, and yeah. shorts. And I forgot it at home. Oh, so you had to go to the so Dollar General. I get my car. No, 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 no. I go to the Goodwill, <laughs> which is right across the street. And I buy some shorts and I buy a t-shirt and I'm like oh wow they don't have any underwear here they don't sell used no, underwear they don't. no they do <laughs> so, not so you free balled all the I, way home I did <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah and I wore the same nasty shoes and but I did have a clean pair of socks well that's good running socks what shoes did you wear for this what were they uh Brooks okay Brooks. the ghosts right yep okay ghost 14s or 15s whatever it was how did you train for this summer both hots and I mean I'm not going to ask you to give away everything but no. like, what was what was an average week of training like getting ready for hots and uh, then, miles and then, mile wise there were no huge mileage weeks I think the peak mileage week was 45 miles really yeah and but it's all about uh, quality of training and time of day I intentionally did the majority of my training runs in the hottest part of the day which makes sense for what and you need to just, do. It just, it's just brutal doing that. Running running five to eight miles in 92, 93 degree weather, yeah. the point of 73 is just like, <sighs> yeah. With And the last few weeks, I actually trained with my pack on. Yeah. And I went to Rotary Park, which is a local park here in yeah. Clarksville, with a, like a kid's backpack little school like a, type back power rangers but on i it? had 15 yeah. pounds of weight in it gotcha and i went from the bottom of the paved hill to the top and you'd power hike up as fast as you could and jog down power hike, and i'd do that probably three times a week so just to get ready you'd have a doc mcstuffins your granddaughter's yeah. doc mcstuffins <laughs> right. backpack it's yeah. pink and you got yeah. 15 pounds, pounds of weight it's like hang on sweetheart grandpa will bring this back to you but i gotta so, use it for something because quite frankly that these types of races um, you run not a lot, yeah, but it's more about it's more about your power hike and getting acclimated to the heat and the weight you're going to be carrying. It's so interesting, and and, I've, and again, I've heard a million people say this, but you really are proof that you can do a whole lot, oh, yeah. quite a bit less than what you think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it really it it does work. It's you you look at it when you're in the train, you're like. There's no way I'm going to be ready for this. Well, no yeah, because way. because before you you trained eighty yeah. to hundred miles a week, yeah. 
and to be able to complete both Hots and Heart of the or Heart of the South, Heart of the South, and Third yeah. Circle of Hell, two of them, two of them essentially back to back, for lack of better words, on, on forty-five miles a week. Yeah, at the peak, huh. most weeks were thirty-five miles. Wow. Yeah. So I know you're getting ready to actually retire, retire this year. Did you? Yes. Like this month, like September is when you're gonna. Uh, it's it's actually gonna be between. There's a couple variables. Yeah. Between September and December of this year. Gotcha. So. Very soon. Does this give you opportunities to do more of this stuff? Or are you, are you like, I'm done? No, I'm not done. Um, I'll, I'll continue to do those out there races, if you will. But it also allows me an opportunity to uh, volunteer a lot more of these events with, with some of the experiences I have. Like like next year, um, I'd like to volunteer like at, at HOTS or yeah. at Vol yeah. State or something yeah. just, just to help out with... Uh, the logistic part of the race that they have to battle and fight with all the time just and help runners you know sometimes they want to uh, give up their screwed status and they want to become crew well maybe i could crew somebody right you know? so there's a lot of things i can i can help somebody out with on that and now i'll be able to have the time to do it right because you'll be retired yeah um you are doing the barkley fall classic coming up or have you decided after third circle um, you're like give someone else my spot i i still have i still i'm still signed up for it um, I will say I have not run a step since the completion of Third Circle Hell yeah. because I'm battling a little bit of a, a lower leg injury right now. Uh, let's just say it's to be determined. Okay. I, I just don't know at this point. Uh, if, I, if I go into it, um, I will go in under train. That's, that's for certain because I'm... I, well, you have raced over 700 miles this summer. There's that. I think... <laughs> and, and I have completed it three or four times, so there's... I don't have to prove to myself again and again and again I can do it. Um, it's always difficult, no doubt, but it would be really challenging if if I decide to attempt it this year. So I know there's other races that you'd like to do. Yeah. Um, I will not say whether you're on waiting lists for certain because then that would let people yeah. know there is waiting lists and that I would know who's on it and people get upset. Um, but there's are there any other other than those? Yeah, like, I'd are like there to weird do, races that you've kind of? Well, one of the trail races I've always been interested in doing is uh, the No Business 100. Yes, beautiful. And uh, yeah. what's the other one? The um, oh gosh, I can't remember it. I'll, I'll think. You got to give it. me some details. There's it, it. What's the water salamander thing called? Oh. The, now that you said hellbender hellbender that's hellbender. it yeah that yeah. i'd like to do that one too um and one i've always had in my back pocket and i keep saying every year i'm going to do it i'm going to do it i'm going to do it is the ozark 100 it's which a, is which is in it's, it's an October, old early it's an yeah. old yeah. school simple eric sensman's running that this year yeah yeah so i've always wanted to do that i just something timing wise never works out right for me to get to it so now maybe i'll get a chance to do it when i saw eric sensman is signed up for ozark um, Kyle Curtin has the course record yes, for Ozarks. And all I could think of was Western States three years ago. Kyle Curtin runs it. Um, he gets an Eric Sensman rabbit shirt for free the night before the race and wears that right. during the race. And as he passes Eric Sensman, he looks at him and says, hey, nice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that course record might stand for quite a while there. Well, all I'm saying is maybe Eric's going after the course record because he's be. mad at Kyle. Like, that's that's what it is. There's that guy who said nice shirt to me. I'm going to uh, take his course I'll record. I'll get him. I'll get him. What, an, what a heck of an adventure. It Jeff. was. It was... Um, it was definitely graduate level, as, mm -hmm. as I said, because now I understand why they wanted you to have done right. both. 
yeah. races in it. Well, let me know when that retirement goes through because then you can probably be on the podcast more because you'll be retired. I can. I can. <laughs> Definitely can. actually having to go yeah. back and work. Yeah. And congratulations to all those that uh, I think, I think the majority, what do we have? 35 started. I think 25 actually completed. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, man. You bet.